Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering, and in particular, the online client Magic the Gathering Arena. That is right, and we are talking all about Standard 2022 this uh, week, so buckle up. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, exactly. But first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? Uh, yeah, I brought one this week that's kind of unbelievable we haven't done yet, because it's kind of just a staple around Toronto. Uh, and that's Jitsu, which is Bellwoods Brewery, um, local brewery around here. And it's just kind of their flagship pale ale. So it's uh, 5.6%, comes in a nice tall boy with a kind of geometric pattern on it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. So I want to see how it measures up to this one that I brought, which is Zane lost his avocado bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wacky. Yeah, uh, this is from Refined Fool. It's a 7.6% um, Brute IPA. And it has a Ooh. pink background with a bunch of, like, avocado halves kind of around it. Um, very zany, I would say. Yeah. So there must be some avocado in it or something? Maybe. I, maybe I should read the back. No. Oh, It'd be it, odd if there's such an avocado theme, but for no reason. I feel like it's just kind of a joke about the people that would have avocado bags i'm not exactly sure but it's about um it's like a champagne like ipa that's why it's a brute ipa um uh -huh. so it's supposed to be bubbly and delightful so there you go and i guess zane is somebody who would lose his avocado bag and also drink champagne kind styles of beer i don't know i mean that's fucking classic yeah. zane. Uh, zane you you lost your bag again zane come on come on <laughs> Um, magic news. All right. <clears throat> so, we, we have some news because we missed last week. Sorry about that. That was my, uh, my bad. We, I had some things going on, but this week we get to talk about the things that didn't happen. Um, there was supposed to be a huge, right. a huge patch. We talked all about it. Jumpstart Historic Horizons was coming, and it has now been pushed to August 24th and 26th, respectively, of the, the patch and then, uh, Horizons, so... Kind of a bummer. Was hoping we could talk about that, but hey, you know, life goes on, I guess. Yeah, I'd rather they don't rush it and they make it, you know, actually a good update and do everything they'd hoped to do rather than try to rush it out the door and have it be a little... Uh, Disastrous. ...subpar, yeah. as you know. I don't want to, you know, point any fingers, but it may have happened a few times in the past. Mm -hmm. So, um, hopefully, uh, everything will be working fine, or at least... As close as it can be. Um, however, so there, there's a weird thing with, like, the resetting of seasons, and we we're going to have, like, two seasons in August and all that stuff. So, anyway, scratch that. That's not happening anymore. We're just doing the August season is going to be cut a little short. September is going to be a little bit longer. However, we get double rewards. It's doubling season. So, it, the best time to get Mythic, I guess, because you get a lot. You get ten packs instead of five. So that's awesome. And I feel like there was a weird qualifier thing where, like, if you came in the top 500 in the first week of August, like, if you ended their original season structure in the top 500, they'll qualify you for the top 1,200 thing. Yes. At the end of the month anyways. Yeah. 
Although I feel like that's mostly going to be the same people. people yeah, exactly. The start and took took the top spots are still going to be holding them by the end. But so so yeah, there, I mean there was some stuff with yeah if you're you're qualified for the uh, qualifier, <laughs> but um, that was not me because <laughs> I didn't play anywhere near enough to get anywhere close to that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, they are apologizing by giving us some old draft formats to play, which is awesome. Uh, so we just had Amonkhet Remastered, Kaladesh Remastered just started, and then we'll have Akoria again at some point next week. But the best thing about it is that your first draft is for free. In each format, too. Yeah. it's That's pretty cool. It, when I first read it, I was like, oh, so I get to pick which one I want? No, you get all three. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to... You do have, like, a one-week window, so we're already kind of late on telling you about this, but... Yeah, so hopefully by the time you've heard this, you can go on and play Kaladesh, and then yeah. maybe if you hear it a little bit later, it'll just be a Korea, but it's still pretty It's pr- pretty nice. Um, so be looking for that, because it's not extreme... They don't advertise it extremely well on Arena when you're there, uh, so you'll have to go and try to see. Um, but yeah, I think that's a nice apology. I, I accept it. I, I'm taking it. I thought it was cool, even though I, I didn't have a chance to do an Amonkhet remastered draft myself. That's that's fine. I, I did, and I did poorly. <laughs> so <laughs> it uh, didn't really matter. You could have just told me you didn't you didn't know you didn't do it. Oh, but you know me. I'm going to tell you. I, I went two and three with a Golgari deck. Stupid green-black. Sucks. Yeah. You're not supposed to draft that color. Probably. I know, but it's always open. And so. I don't just mean in that format. I mean, <laughs> lately it's always bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, something huge happened. We had the Challenger Gauntlet. Yes. Who, uh, who, who won that one? Uh, so it wasn't a structure where you win the tournament, so to say. It's, it's kind of set up so that once you qualify for Worlds, you're out and then other people get to keep have an adder to see who else gets to qualify for worlds and stuff so but in essence you can essentially say that four people won it because they all earned a spot in the world championship and in the and in the magic pro league next season so uh congratulations to sam party noriyuki mori arne hushimbet and kaisuke sato who will all be playing at worlds woohoo and yeah that's what i meant those are the four winners it's just a, it, yeah, I just felt like explaining it for those who people didn't know, because I actually watched a little bit of it, and I didn't really know that's how it worked, because they said top four, I thought they would do a regular tournament, and then the top four go to Worlds. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Sam Party's just done now? Okay, cool. Like, So there's no winner? That's kind of a bummer. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, Sam crushed that tournament, Yeah, uh, basically from start to finish. And Noriyuki Mori brought some sweet decks. He brought uh, Is It Control in Standard. Ooh. Or Prismari Control, if you prefer. <laughs> it's just one. like Bone Crusher Giants and uh, some Brazen Borrowers, and his win condition is Kiora Best the Sea God, and he's just playing straight up legit, just blue-red. Just sounds like some good cards right there. <laughs> he believes in expressive iteration. We also found out that the MPL and Rivals Gauntlets are going to be 15 rounds of Standard. Current standard. What? Not not 2022 standard, just current regular standard. No historic. Oof. They are going to be after, you know, Horizons comes out. So it could have been really cool to have a format that had like 800 new cards about. But, uh, you know, it's going to be the same. That, that's intense. It reminds me of the old, like, uh, of GPs when it was just one format for like 18 rounds. Yeah. 
Anyway, it doesn't seem like anyone's all that happy about it, but you got to do what you got to do, I guess, and play through them. Right. Like, I don't mind standard where it's at right now. You know, it's it has a few different options. Uh, I think people are just sick of the same cards, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, Adventures is good, and it's been good for a very long time. Exactly. But the format itself is, you know, you can play aggro, you can play control oh. decks, you can play middle-of-the-road decks... Um, yeah, it's just you only have so option, so many options within each of those. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I don't think that the actual current standard is like a dud or like horrible. There are people that feel that way, but it has yeah. just been many, many, many tournaments that feel very similar. So it's like, oh, look at that! Gruel Adventures won another tournament. Weird. <laughs> That's just <laughs> add it to the friggin' list. Yeah, man. there's just been so many. <laughs> so anyway. Um, it'll be really exciting to see Worlds, as we've said before, because we are drafting at Worlds, uh, so that's going to be very awesome to watch. There's going to be it's going to be a new set and everything. Can't believe it. So, but until then, yeah, we're they're saving the fun stuff for that tournament, which so. is good. It, it is good to to make that one the best one because it should be. So to get there, you got to slog through adventures, mirror matches <laughs> through fifteen rounds over and over. Um, <laughs> Whose bone crusher giant will prevail? <laughs> oh man! Anyway, let's talk about something that doesn't have bone crusher giant in it. Standard twenty twenty two. Standard twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so why don't you just tell our listeners what this format is in case they don't know? Yeah. So basically, standard twenty twenty two is a best of one queue on arena. And the only cards that are legal in it are from Zendikar Rising forward. So there's four sets. Zendikar Rising, Kaldheim, Strixhaven, and AFR. Um, so it's just, it's fun. You finally, it's all these sets that haven't been able to like really shine because they've been overpowered by more powerful sets finally get to have a place to almost have like this brewer's playground of like all these different things are coming out and, and getting tried. Um, however, totally. it is just best of one at the moment. Because they're kind of, they're they're holding on to best of three till we actually rotate, um, which is probably a good plan. Uh, but it it is different than playing best of three. <laughs> best of one is. Yeah, I don't know. I think the best of three queues would fire. It's what they're worried about is just spreading the community too thin. Like, they figure maybe not that many people are interested in standard twenty twenty two in the first place, and then splitting into best of one, best of three further, you know, separates the people, and and queue times could get too long. Uh, but I think we like the community's kind of shown that standard twenty twenty two is really popular, so it could, probably could support a best of three queue. I don't think that they would have a problem supporting it. I think that they don't want to confuse people to think when rotation is because you're playing two different standards. And it's kind of weird that there's mm -hmm. all these different choices. So I can see why they would be like, no, well, regular standard is you can play all the different formats and. Standard 2022 is just supposed to be for fun, so that's why we're doing this little thing. And you'll get to play it. You will be able to play it eventually, just not right now. So, But the fun thing is that like some tournament organizers have taken it upon themselves to just start running Standard 2022 tournaments in best of three. So That's awesome. Sometimes you could, like, I've played in a Standard 2022 best of three tournament, and I actually cheated because, <laughs> because I had duress in my sideboard. Oh and wow! The, nobody noticed that that's not in this format. <laughs> Did you? You didn't get DQ'd? No, it let me do it on melee, which usually it has the rules built in, and it won't even let you submit an illegal deck. 
it let me do it. I think because it's in Strixhaven, like... Um, archives? Mystical archives, yeah. yeah. I think that fooled the, the Into website. thinking it would be standard legal. But do they, do they have a duress that's just like, this is your arena duress, your regular... Uh, so maybe... I don't think so, though, because when I was playing decks on the ladder, it didn't let me play the deck Got that it. I submitted for the tournament. <laughs> and I was like, why not? It's like, you have illegal cards in your sideboard. Um, <laughs> but I never sided it in. I played against two creature decks, so gotcha. that might be why I didn't. Right. Nobody thought twice about it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> that was my classic 2-0 drop. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. 2-0 drop tournament. Well, but it's because I cheated, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. You realized that and then did the honorable thing and, and sacrificed yourself. <laughs> exactly. I understand. That's what I didn't tell you. It was a 2-0 drop, but it's because I was ex- disqualified for cheating. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so best of one, usually uh, it um, favors linear strategies or strategies going specifically against linear ones. So a lot of right. time that just kind of means aggro decks that want to hit you fast and hard and decks that want to stop aggro decks essentially yeah and in general you don't really want to be in the middle we'll see a few exceptions uh, i think in this format of Mm -hmm. mid-range decks that are actually okay but it's mostly because they're just so good against the the aggro decks exactly um so we kind of broke this down into different uh groupings and we're going by colors uh and jeff why is that well because this format is actually dictated so heavily by your mana the mana is bad so you know you'll see when we get to three color decks later there's not a lot of them and they rely on some non-land based mana strategies in order to make that happen exactly um, it's it's really hard to even play two colors you're giving up some consistency so so basically with rotation we're losing all the triumphs which was a big thing that we would Mm -hmm. lean heavily on um, as well as the temples. Yeah. We don't have any temples anymore. Uh, so those are two big pieces of the mana base. And, that were, and Fabled Passage. And Fabled Passage. That's a huge one. Um, yeah. So we don't have any of the, those things that kept our mana really consistent. And now we're kind of stuck with Pathways, which are pretty good. Um, snarls and the, the Man Lands now. Or snarls lands. are terrible. Snarls are not great. And the, uh, the creature lands from AFR kind of push you into different places, which we'll talk a little bit about. Right, but they aren't, they aren't dual lands. No, they just make one kind of, one color of mana. Mm-hmm. So let's start it right off with red, because best of one makes me think of red every time I think about yeah. it, because there's always a red deck in there. Uh, and, this and weirdly one, enough, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, weirdly enough, in this format, mono red is not the, the best of one boogeyman. <laughs> It's not. When I, when I see, like, snow-covered mountain, I'm usually like, okay. Whereas normally I'd be like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Got to play against mono red and best of one. Yeah, it's like, crap, Javier is going to come swinging at me and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and there's going to be robbers of the wielding ridge. an ember cleave before I know it. And Torbrand's going to come down. None of those cards yeah. are in the format. <laughs> it's, That's right. It's crazy. Um, like, almost just name any good card in, like, standard mono red decks other than Faceless Haven, and it, I you'll realize that card's probably rotated. Yeah, you can't play that. So um, right now there's uh, this like red goblin deck, and um, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. We've talked about this on the show before, but this deck can only really exist in best of one for the most part because one of the lords is like a best of one only card that Arena has. 
Yeah. So we had just, I had just mentioned it when Jeff was talking about dress, but Arena has these best of one only cards. It's basically a way that uh, every new account gets a bunch of just Arena cards. Here's a bunch of cards to your collection. It helps you boost up your thing and you can play games and build decks with them. And they're always standard legal for best of one on Arena. But they're not really standard legal for best of three and you can't really use them in anything else. So, and they ha there happen to be a lot of goblins. So <laughs> there's this, this deck. <laughs> it's here. Yeah, and like with AFR, we got the Hobgoblin Lord and stuff. So mm -hmm. there's all there's like almost enough in regular standard 22, 22, and then the best of one only staples just amplify it basically like give you enough to build a whole deck exactly so you have one lord and then you get the goblin trash master which is like your second one um as well mm -hmm. as like some raging goblins and a couple other things so it's not the best yeah I've, i was gonna say i've played i've played against this deck and it's never impressed me i don't know if that was your experience with it yeah it's, um, it's also never impressed me so but uh, i like goblins so i'm, I'm happy that people are sure giving it a shot you know? yeah i love that they're playing goblin javelinier because it's uh a card exactly I really and, it, and i like that it's legit goblins you know it's it, not like historic goblins which is a combo deck that ramps to muxus as soon as possible it's like i'm actually just playing crappy one ones exactly. and trying to kill you yep that's <laughs> it's exactly what it is it's great there's also well never mind i don't want to really get into all the different subversions of each deck because there are a lot of subversions there are a lot of, of decks. decks um so uh, one thing Zach you mentioned is like it's a brewer's paradise and part of that is like there are so many options for this format for what you can play and it's not embarrassing yeah you know? it's not all tier one but it's not embarrassing yeah exactly and you'll catch people off guard very quickly because they're like how uh I guess I'll just say it so there's a goblin deck that they're also uh splashing white just to play um that the one called I'm uh enchantment it's one in white for the you choose a creature type every creature gets plus one plus one um, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Something ranks or something. Anyway. Um, uh, and that surprised Rally. Rally. Yeah, something. yeah. Rally the ranks. But I just saw, like, a goblin deck that was... They were playing that, and they, they were basically playing white just to play that card and probably show down mm -hmm. to the skulls. But it was just, like, turn two that. Turn three, they played... You you come across two goblins or whatever on my end step and made oh, yeah. <laughs> two two twos. I was like, oh, this is, this is fun. This is great. I like this. Another card I've submitted in a legitimate tournament. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but uh, moving right along from red, we're going into the best color, white. <laughs> oh, I thought... Oh, we're not doing green? I thought no. you said we're doing the best color. No, no, no. We're doing mono white. <laughs> um, anyway, mono white is sweet. It's, it's really good. It's a lot of the same best white cards that we've been playing with for a long time. This is almost literally just the standard deck. It, it actually kind of sheds some dead weight of like cards that maybe shouldn't have even been in the deck mm -hmm. <laughs> in the first place. Uh, I think Mall of the Skyclaves is like, you know, some people choose uh, not to play it, but isn't that Zendikar? Or is that, am I misremembering? No, that's Zendikar. That was Zendikar. Yeah. But the reason they... I haven't, have you been seeing people play that? Because nobody seems to play it against me. No, but a big reason why we liked, well, why we, <laughs> the white, mono white players... Yeah. I liked Mall of Skyclaves because you put it on the three one that you can discard a card to to give it indestructible, and then it comes it okay, just yeah. becomes super impossible. Some built in protection. Yeah, it's also it's built in protection and also having a huge power on this two mana creature makes the first strike from the the mall. I guess you also strong. had like selfless savior yep. uh, to protect when you play it. You have the Eidolon as well. Those are all gone. Mm -hmm. uh, so Voltroning your creature is not uh, as 
is not exactly what those were kind of suspicious to me in the deck anyways though like whenever i was playing against mono white and they go selfless savior i'm like yes yeah well some of those cards you liked it because you could play luris so you could play them over and over again Mm -hmm. but in this list obviously we can't have luris anymore so um it just changes up feels a lot more linear and you're playing you know all your sweet white cards it's great yeah, I mean, you still have Elite Spellbinder, Skyclave Apparition. Yeah. You still have Faceless Haven paying you off for being monocolored, you know. Um, what's the the two-drop that puts counters that, that's really good? Yeah, Lunark Aspirant. Luminark. Yeah. Luminark, Luminark Aspirant. Luminark Aspirant, yeah. Like, all, all the best cards in the mono-white deck just didn't rotate, you know, so it's, like, natural that this deck's yeah. going to be pretty good. Obviously. And I think it's one of the best decks in the format. Also, I just want to say that, like, I do think that the the white creature land is mm. um, is pretty good. Just having flying, the 3-4 with flying, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I think compared to the other creature lands, it's not the best. I don't, um, I definitely, I think it, it's not the, cycle. it's not the best, but I do like it more than some of them, mainly the black one. I, I think it's better than the black one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they're all just good because yeah. they're all just... Like, free you know, value yeah they do the early they come into play untapped and they cast your aggressive creatures and late they give you something when you're flooding out you know faceless haven's probably still the go-to but i wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to play a couple of those in the in the deck as well to give you you know faceless havens five and six kind of thing exactly but yeah i say play the deck if you got the cards you probably do because they've been around for a while uh it didn't get too many new upgrades from uh afr so uh it got the puppy Oh, you sure? Does it play that? Yeah, thing? I don't really play that it one. It should. That card's awesome. <laughs> uh, you're talking about the loyal warhound, right? The th- loyal warhound. Three yeah, one vigilant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's like my draw to this deck. I want to play that card. Interesting. I don't even play that in this deck. I, I'm also yeah. playing a variant that just plays a ton of one drops. That all the like ones that care about. You play like the spells. monk of the open fist yeah. thing. I play that card. Uh, I play the one that wants to be played second. I play Paladin class and like Master of Flowers. Uh, a one of Master of Flowers. But every once in a while, you just blast people with a 7 7 Dragon Planeswalker guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to play that as your top end when you, if you're already interested in the monk, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, obviously I'm a fan of that deck. I've been playing it a lot. Um, and any style of that. That's the one I like the most. It's not my favorite to play personally, but I'm glad it's a part of the metagame because actually when aggro decks are like that, you know, there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of interaction. Like, yeah, it makes it more fun than some of the aggro decks where it's like, well, if they have their best draw, I can't possibly beat it. And if they have anything else, I'm going to easily win. You know, it's like very hard to get a good game. Exactly. Mono white, it's almost always a good game against them there are because of skyclave apparition and elite spellbinder you do have a lot more options to combat different decks where some of the mm-hmm. other aggro decks feel like well i uh that's it i i lost the things i had and now i'm just top decking and i'm kind of screwed or if they right. land they land their their big threat or whatever you just can't really get rid of it you're like oh i just i don't kill enchantments things that aren't creatures i can't I can't deal with. So I'm done. You know? Yeah. So going into this next deck, actually, which we're going to talk about mono green, which Jeff thinks is the best, um, <laughs> which it probably is. It probably is. Yeah, I'm not even talking about this deck. I think it's just like green, green is, in general. Has to be kind of 
it's not my favorite color, but I think it's, you know, hard to say it's not the best color oh, no. right now. No, it's it's <laughs> definitely very strong and probably the best, but I do I do so like green decks are always at the top of the format. Yeah. I just do like <laughs> dumb white decks that <laughs> I just like them. Um anyway, I love I love dumb black decks. Yeah, exactly. It. There you go. Um <laughs> But we've talked about this mono green deck a lot. It's very similar to the one that's uh, in standard. Um, it just, uh, yeah, it just still smashes. Ranger class is crazy. And the werewolf pack leader is the reason you play portable hole and different things like that. So Yeah, I mean, this deck is, like you said, it's almost identical to the standard deck. Not in necessarily in terms of the cards it plays, but in terms of how it plays. Yeah. Like, this goes harder on the... The green pips, you know, you got your old growth trolls and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, like in this deck, in this if you're looking at a card to put in this deck and it has like two generic mana in the cost, you just throw it aside. It's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. It, it has to be all <laughs> green or no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why am I playing this? Yeah. <laughs> and so I've seen some people actually trimming baseless havens uh, because of that. Like it doesn't cast old growth troll. Yeah. Um, I think that's wrong. You should just play more lands and have them be faceless haven. Like cut a spell for a faceless haven instead of cut a forest but yeah um, yeah i could see that uh especially if you're playing the um the plant land what is that thing the hedron uh the one in the green for the the mana dork that could also be it's a mdfc that could be a land tangled florahedron there we go florahedron some some that's yeah, an elemental okay not a plant okay uh, all right whatever <laughs> i guess it just seems like it's a plant i don't know it's flor yeah. floral hedron. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but this deck is great. Like, it beats down hard, and then it can keep up in card advantage. It, it reminds me a bit of Gruul Adventures in that way, like the original builds of Gruul that could really smash you, but then they could also get a quick card advantage engine onto the mm -hmm. battlefield and beat you that way. Yeah, just great. Uh, and Asika's Chariot is just awesome. Even if Zack hates it, it's just a really good card. So. Yeah, Asika's Chariot is great. You either make a cat or a wolf. So it's just, you know, what what else would you want yeah. besides a cat and a wolf? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, more cats, more tutus, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, what you can do with this deck is if you are playing the, um, the Professor of, what is it called? What's his name? Gnarled Professor. There we go. Gnarled Professor. You can go get your uh, mascot exhibition. Then you slam your mascot exhibition. Start making four fours or two ones. I love it. Now we're talking. There we go. <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of a best of one feature, but that's another, you know, advent or like reason to play this deck is if you can get good lesson learn things going on in best of one, the incentive is there because otherwise you're not using your sideboard. Yeah, exactly. There are two ways to use your sideboard in best of one. You either have lesson learn cards or you're playing Legion Angel or whatever that card's called. The white one. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be stuff that like looks to for outside the game to things. Grab stuff. So with. I know I, I said that very eloquently. But, but yeah, I think it's a, a sweet deck. It's definitely one that if you're putting something together and you're brewing in this format, which is what you should be doing. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but um, this is the deck you think about how do I match up against mono green? And if it's, oh, badly, don't fix it. Yeah, put I think some, this is probably, in. you know, the top the top dog currently. So. Absolutely. Um, there's another one that's kind of strange. There's a mono black deck. There's actually a few mono black decks uh, that you can play. There's, they seem, the ones I've seen seem to be a little bit more controlling and uh, mm -hmm. a lot of like Lolth stuff and uh, high end playing like um, Liliana. Or Professor Onyx, 
But um, what I've seen a lot, and I don't, I was surprised by this, was um, Warlock class. There's, I just keep seeing Warlock class. Oh. Yeah. I don't even know what that card does. What does it do? It's, so it's a one mana <laughs> class that comes down and it basically says whenever a creature you control, or at the, the beginning of your end step, if a creature died this turn, you like, opponent loses a life. All right? Not, not awesome. And then one in a black, then you can look at the top three cards and get a creature card or something. But the mm-hmm. big one is six in a black, which is like, it costs so much. Hello. But if they do that, <laughs> it says at the beginning of your end step, your opponent loses as much life as they lost this turn. So then you swing out, and then you can block as much as you can, but then you lose double life. And, it, and then if they end up having yeah, crazy. a couple of those, they end up just... They can just Liliana you out of the game because they're like just playing casting spells and you're making you lose life by playing stuff with Magecraft, and then you just keep losing four and six and eight life. It's it's kind of like it's weird because a lot of these decks can't deal with the enchantments, and if they have stupid little like just talking about the mono green deck, if you're attacking in and you don't have trample on any of your creatures, they just have a bunch of stupid one ones or two one spiders that they're making. And then each turn you just lose a life from the thing. And then eventually they just get enough random stupid creatures out that you can't really attack effectively. And then they're just going to make their Warlock class really big and then kill you from different ways. It's not very good, but I have died to it many times because I wasn't expecting it. And I can't sideboard in yeah. hate against Warlock <laughs> class. No. <laughs> I've never heard of this till now, but uh, it's, you know... This is what I'm talking about. You said you like weird white decks. I like weird black decks. Yeah. So this, is, this is what I'm talking about here. Although I, I have to say, you know, if, if you're investing wild cards into the deck to play this format, maybe don't pick this one. Uh, yeah. Um, luckily, it does seem like some of the cards are like, you know, black is playing uh, Blood in the Snow. So you can, uh, mm-hmm. you play your Planeswalker, uh, it, it dies or gets killed or whatever, and then you get to blood in the snow the whole board, bring it back, make two spiders, uh, do that kind of thing yeah, over yeah. and over again. That can be quite irritating. Um, and yeah. it's... Uh, so it's not... It's definitely not as strong as white or green, but it's definitely there. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> be ready for some weird black stuff. It's the thing. It's just, like, mono-black control for whatever reason, is an archetype that appeals to people. Like, mm-hmm. people love mono-black control, and it's never good, but everyone still wants to play. I think it's been good, like, twice in the history of Magic. Yeah, what was it? And it's been around for, like, 20 years. <laughs> Does Devotion count as mono-black control? Yeah, that, that, that was, like, the era that it was good the second time, I think. Yeah. I think like, the, it showed up the first time around uh, that set where it had way more black cards than any other cards. Torment, yeah. Yeah, Torment was, like, almost all black cards, right? Mm-hmm. Or it had twice as many black cards as it did anything else. So then people were just playing mono-black. Yeah. Uh, and then people just loved the idea of mono-black control because it was a control deck that didn't have counter spells. And so now it, everyone always wants it to be good, and it just never is. Until they printed, like, Pack Rat, and then it was good for a while. And then now it's been bad again. Yeah. So... Play it if you love it, but don't craft it if you're trying to win. Yeah, <laughs> as usual, um, be a little stingy with your wild cards. Um, when you're brewing, do your best not to use a ton of them because, you know, 
we all have kooky ideas and sometimes it's really rough when your kooky idea uses all your resources and you can't do anything after that. Especially since this format is meant to be like a, a window into what standard will look like. Mm -hmm. But you have to remember that one, as soon as rotation happens, there will be a new set added. So it won't. this won't be exactly what standard looks like after rotation. Yeah, we, it's going to be totally shaken up by Innistrad. So. We never only have four sets in standard. There's always five. Right. So even a deck that might look good here, it might not be powerful enough to compete in rotated standard. Or a deck that looks really underpowered here might get a bunch of new tools that make it awesome. Mm -hmm. Or mono green is just going to get a ton of new tools and everything else gets Yeah, it's going to be all good yeah. green like, beaters. <laughs> like a bunch of like pack tactic stuff that's going to be great. That all just draw cards all the time. Yeah, because duh. Uh, anyway, uh, talking about a card or a deck that um, wants your opponent to draw a bunch of cards, except for not really, not at all. I was just trying to segue there. Didn't work out. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> so mono blue, uh, is, it's not a thing. There's no, there isn't a deck there, really. Yeah, I know. We're like, what are we gonna say for mono blue? Uh, Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> no one's playing it. Pe people um, don't play this. Play, people aren't playing it. Um, I still want to like have a mono blue mill deck. I just don't. We don't have any of the pieces, really. Yeah. It's not there. I mean, I, I've seen people trying to, like, copy Tasha's Hideous Laughter in a blue-red show. Yeah, like this is it thing. With all the copy spells, um, which is also bad, I think. But Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> it's bad. It's like, Mono Blue Mill would be sweet, but uh, there's only, like, two good mill cards in the format. Exactly. Tasha's Hideous Laughter and Runecraft. The reason Mono Blue Mill used to work in, like, Ravnica and stuff was because there was an enchantment that said whenever you play a, a blue spell you mill your opponent. And then whenever you draw a card, you mill your opponent. So those are things that you can still play the game and do other actions that aren't just spells right. that say mill your opponent. That's why that deck could work. Like maybe if Teferi's tutelage wasn't wasn't gone, you know, yeah. if that had been still around or whatever, this could be a thing. That, that, could, that could work out. Um, obviously, Ruin Crab is great, but there isn't enough. Like we lost all our fetch lands, really. I guess we have Evolving Wilds. Right. You can play that. You gotta play Evolving Wilds now. But like... You, you can't do the same... It's You just can't do the same stuff. It's uh, just not enough density of mill cards. I mean, Innistrad does do graveyard things, so maybe we'll get some you know, mill cards in Innistrad. That'd be cool. T tends to be like self-mill stuff, though, because it's like yeah, pro-graveyard. That's true. <laughs> maybe it'll be really bad because you're just making your opponent's deck a lot better against you. Yeah. Don't play this. Don't play this. But hey, maybe that's why Tasha's Hideous Laughter exiles. Ooh. So thinking ahead. There's no mill. It's just exile. Okay, exile your yeah. opponent's deck? All right, I could be down for that. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. Um, Jeff, I am getting dangerously low on beer at the moment. How are you doing? Yeah, same. All right. Well, before we get into the two-color pairings, we're just going to go on a beer break. Break. Yeah. Going on a beer break. See you then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, is Jutsu like a... Uh, is there a weird thing with Jutsu? What was that? We had one beer that had like a weird name that we were pronouncing incorrectly. And I wonder if Jutsu has something similar. Like some... Yeah, I think it's like a martial arts thing, right? Oh, that does make sense. Like Jujitsu. Yeah, maybe that is what I'm thinking of, though. Like Jujitsu <laughs> is a thing. And, and so it does remind me of Jujitsu as in Jutsu, but I don't know if Jutsu means something by itself. I, I hope that's All how right, you I pronounce found it. it. The first thing that comes up, jutsu, meaning technique, method, spell, skill, or trick. Oh. It's, uh, 
it's bound morpheme of the Sino-Japanese lexical stratum of the Japanese language. All right, so it makes more sense that these things on the can are either origami flowers or ninja stars. Either one works. Ah. Right? Yeah, it's got a little bit yeah, of a... I see that. Yeah, it's got some sort of technique, right? I thought, I thought it was one of those like impossible staircases that... Oh, it could also be that. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, that screwed up my eyes. Yeah, it could be that too. So I guess it means technique, which is why it comes up in martial arts. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. But um, yeah. But also, uh, you need a technique in beer to uh, make beer, right? So, and you need a technique in, in building decks so that they'll win. <laughs> That's my problem. Yeah. No jutsu. I don't have any jutsu. No um, deck building jitsu. Nope. Uh, but talking about that, we have some two color pairs to talk about. Um, we're not going to talk about all of them, but we're going to talk about the ones that are relevant. The yeah. more you know. And there's a lot of there's a lot of fun ones here, like you know. For the sure. Format the format shows its strength, I think, in this category. It definitely does. Uh, but the first one is no uh, surprise. We've been looking at this deck for a while, so it's Prismari Dragons. Hooray! Yeah. I mean, this is another one, like, maybe other than Mono White, this is the standard deck that just lost the fewest key cards. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's natural to try to just port it right over, because all its best cards are still in the format. You know, it loses Bone Crusher and uh, Brazen Brazen Borrower, obviously, Mm -hmm. but those were never, like, integral to the game plan. You just kind of played them because they were good and in your colors. Yeah, you kind of just had to because they're just better than other cards. Yeah. But, yeah, it's still really good in this format. I think um, in the best of one, there are a couple different versions that you can play, um, whether you want to focus on making sure you can have uh, some board wipes to kill, like, a whole swath of creatures, or if you want more counter spells to make sure you can deal with some problematic enchantments or any sort of um, attack from either your control opponent or anything like that. But overall, I think it's it's still a good deck. Um, yeah, it's fun too. Yeah, I think it's a great deck and it's really popular. Like you'll yeah. run into this one all the time. Absolutely. Um, and I think if we were talking best of three, this would be like at the top there with Mono Green Aggro as one of the pillars of the archetype, you know, one of the yeah. best decks. Um, because even in regular standard, this deck kind of suffers from this issue that game one, you know, it has to play removal spells and it has to play counter spells. And those are never good or rarely good in the same matchups. Mm-hmm. And so when you move to best of one, that problem really compounds. In best of three, this deck gets better post-board. It sides out the garbage and more of the good stuff. And then it becomes like, you know, really favored. But in best of one, you can, oh, I drew my counter spells against aggro, or I drew my removal spells against control. And then your deck doesn't really do anything uh, worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's keeping the deck back from being tier one in my eyes in this format, is that it's just not a best of three format. And this is a best of three deck. Mm-hmm. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, absolutely. But it's still cool. You still still get to smash face with Goldspan Dragons. Yeah, and take extra turns <laughs> with the treasures from Goldspan Dragon to play more Goldspan Dragons to smash When more you face. lose to this deck and it had its draw, you're just like, how was I ever supposed to win? <laughs> it just like Prismari Command ramped into Goldspan Dragon and then it had counter spells up for the rest of the game and then it took extra turns. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
The, this deck is a lot of the time, like, you pass the turn thinking you'll get another turn, at least one, and you don't. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> you might get one meaningless turn at two life where everything you play will get countered, but probably yeah, not. But probably not. Probably not even, they won't even afford you that luxury. So, um, definitely watch out for this. And it is playing Battle of Frost and Fire. I think the, the Game of Thrones card, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always think about. Um, yeah, me too. But it's like a five... It's a five-mana board wipe. It deals four to everything that's not a giant. And right now, there's not really a giant deck, so um, it tends to wipe most of the board. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd play Prismari Giants. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of like uh, Prismari Giants, but um, for the most... like That's just been one-offs. So we're just like, what? I was not expecting... Losing Bone Crusher is a tough one for, yeah, it seems like for it's the, the Giants tribe. It's like the best... Like, that's the reason I was excited about Giants, because I was like, you get to play Bone Crusher and all this other stuff, and yeah. it, it turns out it's not going to be that awesome. Most of the time, they just spend a, so much of their turns, like, oh, turn four, the three, four giant, the doubles giant damage, yeah, yeah. and you're like, cool, <laughs> kill that. Um, yeah. What else you got? Nothing? Okay. Nice limited card. Uh, yeah. Dead. Sorry. <laughs> so... That's not even a great limited card. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, but <laughs> I've anyway, lost to it. I, I, certainly. I've won with it, so... There you go. There you go. Uh, but moving <laughs> right along, Orzhov Midrange. So, do you want to talk about this deck? Because I feel like I don't see it the same way that you do. Yeah, so this is a deck that I basically tried to build in regular standard. I had a bit of a cleric's sub-theme. I think I, I showed it to you. Mm -hmm. um, just yep. because a lot of the cards you want were already clerics, like the Elite Spellbinder, the core, uh, whatever, the Professor of Symbology. Yes. That's the one. Um, and then you have some, like a lot of different powerful Planeswalkers to choose as your top end. Uh, and so I'd like to see that it's, you know, holding its own in this new format once the format got powered down a bit. Um, but I think that's really the strength. The reason to go black-white is because you have good black planeswalkers and you also have Kaya. So you have a lot of different options in your planeswalker suite. You can go with Kaya, you can go with Lolf, and you can go with uh, Liliana, or Professor Onyx uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> at the top end. Um, and then you just have good, efficient creatures like Professor of Symbology comes down, it trades with something, and then it gave you, it put you up a card. We were saying earlier that in Best of One, having access to Lesson Learn is really valuable, and Professor of Symbology is just one of the better learn cards for mm -hmm. Constructed. And so it just plays like annoying, cheap little threats. It has a bit of a grindy thing going on. It has a bit of a mid-range thing going on. I love me a good eye twitch deck, which is like the other... <laughs> good learn card in the format so it's like or maybe good as a stretch but constructed playable learn yeah card, you know? <laughs> i've played a, a good amount of eye twitch and it's not my favorite card but yeah. um i love eye twitch <laughs> <laughs> i was playing it in fully powered standard yeah <laughs> great more power to you i think i'm just not i i hate drawing those cards late or just um but anyway uh you were saying also that vanishing verse is like a huge upgrade for this deck yeah, I think the real reason you're seeing... I mean, I see a lot of this deck when I play, uh, and I think the reason is that um, there's so many monocolored aggro decks that are strong, in particular green and white, that Vanishing Verse just becomes awesome because it deals with Ranger class. It deals with any creature that's problematic. It deals with basically everything out of those decks except Faceless Haven. 
And so it just becomes like your all-star two mana, remove whatever you want. Yeah, but it, it is good to know it does remove the other lands. Um, right. It's just Faceless Haven is not monocolored because it has no colors at all. It's colorless. Yeah, because it makes a creature that's colorless, and the other ones make a white or blue or whatever creature, um, which was confusing for me at first, being like, how did you exile my thing? That um, feels like bullshit. Yeah, and then you read the land, and you're like, oh, it makes a creature that's a color. Okay, that makes more sense. And then you read Vanishing Burst, you're like, oh, it doesn't say non-land. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, Vanishing Burst being able to answer just about everything um, and all the important planeswalkers that you're going to face for the most part, besides Kaya, I think, uh, it th makes it great. Um, yeah. It's also the instant uh, speed thing, which is huge because having instant speed removal on stuff can make or break your game. Yeah, and it's nice, like, if a gold span dragon slips through, you know, they'll still get the treasure, but maybe you'll be able to answer it with this. Yeah, exactly. So. I definitely like all these cards. I can see why it seems awesome. Um, I just haven't seen it in action doing the th stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've played a couple different versions and I haven't, maybe I'm just bad with it. I don't know what it is, but it's not my favorite just because I haven't gotten there probably. So I think it's I'm a just, bit polarizing. I feel right? like I've like, struggled. If you play this against a control deck, you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Like if you ran into Demir Control... This deck has probably next to no chance. <laughs> yes. So um, it is... I definitely like it because obviously there are some sweet white cards you can play. There are awesome black cards and white black cards you can play. They're, like Those are some of my favorite colors. So like I, uh, immediately I'm thinking I should play this deck. And just like for some reason it's not meshing with me. So I think I have to do a little bit more work in getting into it because I definitely think it has potential. So... It's, uh, yeah, I think it's good right now mostly because mono white and mono green are so good, and mm -hmm. this is good against those. Yeah, exactly. But if, you know, Demir Controls, we'll talk about later, starts to pick up metagame share, this looks a lot less interesting to me. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do want to mention is something that I discovered while I was playing this deck in fully powered standard. Uh, but what you can do is you can load your sideboard up with... Um, What's the spell that exiles... You exile your own creature to exile one of theirs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the black... Uh... Necrotic Fumes. Yes, Necrotic Fumes. And with Professor of Symbology and Kaya, you can loop all your Necrotic Fumes because you put a Ghost Form counter on the Professor, then you cast Necrotic Fumes to exile their creature, and you exile your own Professor. Because of the Ghost Form counter, you get it back. And you go get your next Necrotic Fumes, and you can just do this every turn and exile four yeah, creatures. Until you run out of all your... Off the same, That's yeah. pretty sweet. That's really It's sweet. pretty dope. Or you can end on a mascot exhibition the last time you do it or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've and been... if they kill the Kaya, you go get it back with Return from the Past or whatever. Yeah, whatever Return from the Past. Or... Yeah, so of the, like... Confront the Past, is that Okay, con yes, Confront the Past, because Liliana is looking into the mirror towards Gideon saving her life and War of the Spark. Yeah, I was like picturing the art. I'm like, return from the past isn't Something, quite right for what yeah, they're yeah. trying to describe um, here. Yeah. But anyway, that, is, that card is real for sure. Um, and having access to it in your, just like whenever you're learning something, being like, oh, it is nice when it's like you're learning and you're like, oh wait, that card would be really good right now. I do have a yeah. guy in the graveyard. <laughs> so th that is kind of nice. Um, I do like, I, I think if you can, obviously in this format, figure out how to fit some learned lesson stuff into your deck because it's worth 
having it around. Like it's right. an extra tool that you should be trying to use. I think. I think for a while, Brad Nelson was saying that he would. Ju- he thought it was correct to always have some sort of lesson learned in your deck. I think mm-hmm. he's since uh, pulled back on that stance a bit. Um, but originally, he was saying like, "There's no reason not to." Yeah. But I guess if the card, if the learn card is like particularly weak, like I don't know, maybe it's not worth it. But yeah, maybe just in case, you know. who knows? There could be weird situations where for some reason you'd get to go learn something. You never know. You have it there just in case. Have a sideboard yeah. of lessons to go learn. Like the the lessons are generally pretty narrow mm-hmm. in their use, but they're actually decent in the right case. They're they're like a little overcosted. But sometimes you just need to kill something yeah. or need to exile something, and this is your only option. Or you so. just need to pump your creature and give it Vigilance so it can block next turn. Yeah, totally. Like That card amazed me how good it was in draft. It was know? so good in draft. Yeah. And it's like definitely worth playing in, like, even because I, when I play Mono Green, I'm playing the Gnarl Professor, and putting it mm-hmm. on that thing, it has Trample. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is awesome. So uh, I definitely think you should do that. However... I, I don't feel great about this next deck. This is also white-black, but it's Angels. Yeah, maybe you should talk about this then, because it sounds like you have stronger opinions than me. Uh, I have strong opinions about this deck. But it's mainly yeah. because, okay, it's, it's the same thing how I feel about mono-red. So, um, Angels, that's fine. Tribes... It's not exactly the same. It's, it's close, okay. so it, it's, it's in a similar vein, yeah. It's in very much a similar vein. So, basically, having uh, Orzhov Angels, that's fine. That archetype is fine. Angels are fine. It does play play sets of two cards that weren't in Kaldheim proper, the actual Kaldheim set, when you're drafting. There is a bunch of cards, or I guess maybe a dozen or something, a couple dozen cards in Kaldheim standard, or in the set, I guess, that you don't draft. So, to me, they, I just didn't know about them because I'm drafting. I don't know these cards. <laughs> and they're just there. And they're like, what is this angel card that I've never seen or drafted ever? Oh, it turns out it's just a card from a set booster that they added to help different tribes. Yeah, I saw the, like, Rise of the Valkyries enchantment or yeah. whatever it's called. And I was like, how did I never draft this? Because it's like, good. I drafted this set a fair amount. How did I never win, like, get this or lose against it or mm-hmm. something? How did this never come up? It's awesome. <laughs> and it's because it wasn't part of the set. It was part of yeah. a, a specific booster you could buy that you might get it sometimes. So um, this is the thing they were doing. Obviously, on Arena, it's weird because we don't really have access to that. So that's what makes it we, super weird, right? It's like, it's not, it's not like a commander card that you get in the pre-con or something, right? In the, the Kaldheim pre-cons that you're like, oh, sweet, this is a commander card. I play this. They, that, that's what it is. This is just a card that's actually in the set that's actually standard legal that you can't draft. And if you play on Arena, you wouldn't know about unless you go to cards I don't own in my collection and look through and, oh that's a card like how am i supposed to know it, it about d- this <laughs> you know it does remind me a bit though of that time when it was like you know the commander products when corvold was just in the best deck yeah it was like the best card in the best deck it's like what is this card <laughs> like yeah i've never seen this card before and uh that was particularly egregious because that was back in a 
like a very different mythical time when people actually used to get hard copies of these things and shuffle them up like actual cards and play against each other. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. If it's, I know our listeners can't even believe that, but yeah. that's how people used to play Magic. And those <laughs> cards were very difficult to acquire, so it was, like, almost impossible to build your standard Jund food deck. Because okay. the standard players wanted them and the commander players wanted them, and there just wasn't that much product. Yeah, because that card would only come in a pre-con. That was, I want to remind you again, I've mentioned this a couple times, but that was from a Brawl deck. So the reason yeah. it was standard legal is because Brawl cards are only standard legal. So they made these decks that are supposed to be standard legal cards to help Brawl out. However, nobody played Brawl. And it just happened to be a card that was also good in standard, and people took it for standard. And so then those decks were impossible to find because it only came in that deck, and then they cost like thirty bucks or whatever. And then, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a mini tangent about paper stuff that doesn't super matter. But that's the only <laughs> thing I think about playing. But this these deck. these ones are like probably easy to get in paper. I don't know. They're uncommons. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I could craft them right now if I want to. Sure, but like. Yeah. <laughs> it just irks me. It just bolts my bird. That's what it bolts my bird to see. Zach these got cards. mad about losing to a card he's never heard of before. I just, you know, <laughs> if you wanted it in the set, why don't you just put it in the set? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Why can't I just? I, draft I remember this? it was weird when they announced it too. I'm like, I don't get these cards. Why are they like kind of in the set but not? Yeah, just make them. Just I don't know. It's, they were in like collector boosters or something. I don't know. There they're in set boosters. Just set boosters. Set boosters. Yeah. yeah. They're fun to open, which is, yeah, it is fun to open. I would also like to open it in draft, because that's a that would be a great card. Yeah. White, black maybe needed... Maybe they felt like it was too strong for draft. No, white, black needed that card in draft, because that was a really <laughs> bad archetype. Yeah, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, Zach. I know. God. Anyway. Uh, anyways, I think this deck is pretty cool. I like tribal decks, and this one's like the grindy black-white life gain style, and it's actually pretty good. Uh, you know, it has its good and bad matchups like anything. I wouldn't say it's tier one, but it's actually pretty good. So yeah. It's cool that Angels is a deck. You know, I like that. When it's yeah. like Dragons are good or Angels are good. Mm -hmm. I really wish that this deck could be good without cards that were in the set. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox because I'm sure everyone has stopped listening by yeah. this point. They're like, dude, who cares, Just man? shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. But Just on, craft them. Honestly, you know, if you like those cards, that's wonderful. You should play them. Uh, this deck is fun and good. Go do it. but uh, Yeah, it's, it's a difference about liking those cards and liking how those cards were released to us. Yeah. Two yeah, cards. okay. So that is the thing. the cards are actually pretty cool. The cards. cards that actually came out are pretty cool. I wish that I could have played them in, in other mm -hmm. ways, but uh, they were right. presented okay. in a way. Or, you know, knew they existed before day one of preview season, then forgot about them for a year or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or like four months and then got your ass kicked by them and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? Anyway, so yes. Um... <laughs> I have nothing against the card or angels in general. Play it. That's great. Uh, moving right along to another card I fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> we really stacked these up back to back <laughs> just for the Zach rant. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Demir Control. Holy shit. When we brought this up earlier, so Hall of Storm Giants. Fuck that card. card. Fuck that card. <laughs> holy shit. That card's awful. God damn. No, it's actually pretty strong in a control deck. Yeah. Remember when I was saying that you really need to have instant speed answers that are mm -hmm. cheap? This is the reason. 
you need to have instant. If you're playing, yeah, you need to hold up like six mana to deal with this thing. Yeah, but if you, so if you're playing mono green and you get to a point where they have this card and you don't have enough creatures to go around it and their life is too high, you're fucked. Like you can't do anything about it. There, it's a bigger creature than yours. It blocks hard, and you can't get rid of it. You can't. You can't kill it. Like mono white, all the cards you have either take a non-line card out of their hand or kill something that's four CMC or less that's on the battlefield. That's like, yeah, it's never a creature when you can play it. Like it just doesn't, you never, you never get to kill this card. Unless your opponent's in a really tough spot, then you can kill this card if yeah. they're like forced to activate it kind of thing. But no, they, you, if you're in a spot where, oh, like you can't block to kill it. You can't. You need instant speed answers for sure. I don't know. It also is like when I was running into multiples of this card in this deck. Um, also, sorry, Demir Control. It's a blue back control deck. It has a bunch of sweepers yeah. and counters. Uh, it's a strong deck. It's good. And it has one of the best creature lands, I think. I think this card's really good. Like, Hall of Storm Yeah, Dryance. this card is good, but it, it, like, it does ask that you play this kind of deck. Exactly. Like, it's not good in just any deck that plays blue. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's very true. You're not going to put it in the Dragon's deck or anything. Because then, it, there, it's, like, an awful faceless save. Exactly. But here, it's, like, a win condition that you get for free, mostly. Yeah. That's, like, really hard to deal with. Because um, not only does it have yeah, more, and, uh, but it's a Noriyuki fucking... Mori played this in his uh, Prismari control deck in the yeah, standard and... event, and it... It won him some games, man. Yeah, because like, it's a fucking 7-7. Seven, it's a 7-7 seven. Seven, seven Ward 3. For, like, it, it's 7 mana, essentially, because it has to be untapped. But, man. Yeah, but in the once you've controlled the game, both of you are in, like, top deck mode or whatever, and you're just, okay, bash for 7, you're go. And, you know, finish the game in three turns, so you give your opponent almost no time to draw. Yeah, so your opponent's like, okay, sweet. Either, how do I get out of this, slash... What, do I just activate two Faceless Havens and try to double block it somehow? Like, what do you yeah, do? Against the control yeah, deck, which definitely has a removal spell. So Because then after I double block, they can tap this land for mana. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, this card... This is I a, guess not if they attacked with it, but... Yeah, but whatever. If, if you tried to, like, kill it, they could tap it for mana in response. Yeah, or, or any of that stuff. It's, um, it's a card. It's a fucking... I, and the other card that kind of makes this possible, I think, is the, the blue dragon, right? Like, this deck, I mean. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how, how do you pronounce that again? Imerith? Uh, I can't believe you don't know this. It's uh, Imerith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a D&D player. I have no idea. That's why I said the blue dragon. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, so you can't say that, though, because I thought you were talking about I, blue dragon. I felt like they... No, you didn't. <laughs> I said the blue dragon. I know, but... Also, there was a whole cycle of cards named after colored dragons. <laughs> yeah, but nobody thinks I'm telling them to play Blue Dragon and Constructed. I don't know. Blue Dragon's pretty if good. If you did, sorry, listener. I was. I take that back. I I suggest you do not play Blue Dragon and Constructed, I, I, for absolute clarity. Well, I mean, what are you talking about? Blue Dragon is the best dragon of all of them. I'm saying for the draft. Blue Dragon, yes, you should play. Blue Dragon, no good. I don't know. Drafting Blue has been really great, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I thought I thought blue sucked. Oh, no, I must be out of the, no. out of the. I think you're out of the loop, the loop on this. One. Uh, it's it's yeah. circled back to blue is the best and red is okay. garbage. Okay, so. next time I draft, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, exactly. Just pass all the okay. red cards. Blue is the best. Also, dice Will rolling do. is really strong. Okay, good, good, good. I'll be mono blue dice roll. 
Mono blue dice rolling, perfect. <laughs> oh. That's the mono blue deck for this format. Oh, there missed. we go, mono blue dice yeah. rolling. How did I not think of that? Of course. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, anyway, Demir Control, it's rough. Um, I don't even have a specific list because I don't really play control decks that much, but boy, does it just rip me to shreds every time and I just cry. Yeah, again, it suffers a bit from being best of one because it has to play all removal spells to deal with all the um, like aggro decks. Mm -hmm. And then if it plays against a deck that's not based around creatures, it's going to have a real sad time because it has, you know, plays full set of wraths. It plays, you know, eight to ten like single target removal spells. And it's relying on a Hall of the Storm Giants and uh, I'd him or Rith mm -hmm. uh, to, to actually win the game. So, you know, it, it is a very strong deck, and I think it's actually pretty good in the metagame right now. But, you know, it's not perfect. Yeah. Yep. It has some weaknesses. It does. You're right. You're very right. Um, but this next deck has a lot of weaknesses. Whoa, what is this deck? <laughs> I have no idea. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Who threw this in here? I don't know. It might have been me. Um, it feels like something I would have added, but you actually added it. Yeah, so. I've seen this a couple times. So this is Golgari... Skeletons, I guess. Skeletons. I, I don't know. It's like kind of a Golgari control deck ish, but like yeah. they they are playing the the swarming skeletons. Is that what the enchantments called? Skeletons swarm. swarms. I don't know, but it's like each end step you get a two one skeleton that's tapped, and then if a creature died, you get another one. Oh no no sorry, it's a skeleton. They're just one one. They're one ones. But it's like they get plus X plus O, where X is the number of skeletons you control. Yes. Or something. So That's the more static. Exactly. So the more the more skeletons you have, the stronger it is. Um, mm -hmm. So each turn you're gonna get a skeleton for sure, and if a creature you control died, you get another skeleton. Also, the skeletons have to attack every turn. Anyway, so it's that enchantment that I tried to keep making work in draft and wasn't good there. Yeah. Sometimes it works okay. out. Some some it's games won me some games, but more yeah. often than not, it lost me the game. If you spent your draft building, because <laughs> they can't block. If it, yeah, if you if you spent your draft building a deck around it, you probably fucked your draft up pretty bad. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with this deck. It seems to also be playing like it. It feels like the controlling parts of the mono black deck, but they added green to play the skeleton thing and a couple other things. I guess um, it's very strange. And uh, oh, I, it hasn't been a problem. And they they stretched the mana on the already bad mono black deck. Yeah, to <laughs> add a card that's not awesome in <laughs> any place. It's it's fun though. Like I understand why people like the card. Sure. Skeleton, uh, the skeleton. I mean, it's card. a it's a five minute enchantment that comes down and gives you a tapped one one at the end step. So I yeah, don't know. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't that? you want that? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so, <laughs> I mean, the, the card, the enchantment seems sweet. I wish it worked. I wish it worked. It just doesn't really feel yeah. like it does. So that's why I'm confused by this deck. But uh, it once again, hey, this is, make up whatever the fuck you want, man. Like, play your fucking deck. That's awesome. Exactly. I've run against, I've, and this is. We the, like to throw these in so that we can show you. Like, people are playing this. Yeah, deck. people. It's fun. People, people are, are having a good time. Yeah, they're playing random shit. And this isn't I, this isn't just a one-off deck that I found. I've played this like two or three times, so it's like yeah, yeah. I've even played against it. So when you added it, I was like, yeah, I've seen this deck. This is a fucking <laughs> deck, um, sick. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was just like one dude, you know, or you know, one mm, person, person or just playing this because they love it. Uh, but apparently, there's multiple people. Yeah, it, so. I guess so. So 
Anyway, if you like that, play it, break it, make it awesome. Uh, you probably... Although, as, as a longtime lover of, of bad green-black decks, mm. this doesn't even get my seal of approval. So. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Okay, well, that... I know. That's rough. All right. I want I want to, but like yeah. it doesn't it involve the graveyard enough is mostly my plan. Gotcha. It's like I want something that's like kind of powerful if you involve the graveyard. So it's super, super loses to hate. Yeah. And it's only kind of good if you get your thing going. That's what I like. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's you... only like pretty good when you when all you're firing on all cylinders. Exactly. And then they just play a graph digger's cage and you actually do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Those are the decks I love. You have to like fold to just Tormod's Crypt or like anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a single Tormod's Crypt. Perfect. You're you're done. And but even when you're at your best, it's just like okay, you could still lose. <laughs> awesome. That good to know for That's the future. Kind of I like that. Um Yeah. This next deck is definitely not mine, or probably your deck. I don't know. I think we both are not likely to play this deck. Yeah. My name is not Marshall Sutcliffe, so I do not give a shit about this. <laughs> um, but it's Simic Ram. Somehow you got the limited guy. You know, <laughs> Just get him. Get him when I can. Uh, sorry. In our standard 2022 best of one discussion, you, you took a jab at the limited guy. <laughs> um, he's also a commentator, so he talks about how much he likes decks like this. Um, true, yeah. But it's just Simic Ramp. Uh, again, like I've said this before, blue-green is not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite color combination. It's just, it always feels yeah. like value with like a, a smile and like a like It's a like, star. hey, Wizards printed really stupidly good ramp cards and really stupidly good payoffs. I will combine those yeah. into a deck. Hmm. So if you play more lands than you're supposed to on your turn... You can play more expensive, really crazy cards, huh? Yeah. Anyway, not not and saying because those cards are so good. Yeah. They, you know, they just win the game. Yeah. So, and this deck is even super strong. It's just like, yeah. Um, I think it, it's good, but not the you know it's, it's not, not tier one. It's not so super. Yeah, it's not super oppressive or anything. So that's why I'm okay with it, and I can shit on it more than other <laughs> decks. But like. Yeah, it, it's playing ramp spells. Uh, it has card draw spells. It has a giant coma to fucking rip you to shreds and any other awesome blue-green there, stuff. There's some recency bias here too, right? Like, I don't think I really hated blue-green ramp that, like, if we go back three years. But it's just That's like... That's true. The past couple of years, it's just been hit after hit after hit it's, of just blue-green getting... Yeah. St- I think if you go back two or three years, people were complaining that Simic got no love and that it sucked. Well, I mean, like... And now it's just like, oh, my God, Simic gets the best card in the set again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. So watch out for what you say about stuff, because, like, if we're complaining about something or you're like, oh, man, this color... We're talking about Golgari, right? Oh, man, Golgari just isn't getting enough stuff. They're going to fucking print crazy fucking Golgari. Why do you think I'm doing it, bro? But for years. (laughs) It's going to be way too long. It won't be like, okay. I love it. I'll play Golgari the whole time. All right. Well, (laughs) have fun with that. I'll be the guy on Dredge, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You do that. Um, Anyway, so, um, but anyway, like, I liked playing Simic Ramp in Amonkhet. That was fun. Yeah. That was like (laughs) trash that people would just pass you. When it was a bad idea to do that. I was playing. Like, even the Amonkhet remastered thing, I wanted to play, like, you know, Simic ramp into Approach of the Second Sun. That's like, mm. But you love white, and white is so good in Amonkhet. Yeah, I know, but you can't draft it very well because people draft it so hard. 
Because other people like white. It's too hard to. Yeah, I don't want to fight that fight. I'll just take. I want people to give me stuff for free. You don't want to like first pick a gust walker. You don't have the. Don't have the strength. No, I just never open a gust walker. <laughs> my first ah, pick, yeah. and then I never see one the entire draft. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that card's awesome. Well, no, if you don't open it, you don't see it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's Simic Ramp. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, they ramp into coma. I, I, the one thing I wanted to say is like, this is, uh, it has field trip as a nice way to like smoothly integrate the lesson learned thing. It's, yeah. it's a ramp card that also does the lesson learned. So, uh, it's nice when you have a deck that's game plan already. There's already a good learn card built into it. Exactly. So that's one of the strengths of this deck. Yeah, and you, uh, you get to play the Quandrix Cultivator that was already seeing play. And the uh, already tomato. a good card, yeah. It's it's already proven. It's itself. a three. It's yeah. a three four, and a lot of the red removal stuff um, deals three damage, so it's hard to to kill that four drop. So yeah, it's already established that it's good at ramping you into coma, and because it does that in standard. Yeah, <laughs> it does that in standard, and it just sits there and blocks for a while. So yeah. it's good. Anyway, uh, and then moving on, the is it mill deck, which we had talked about earlier in uh, the modern blue section. Uh, yeah, not great. Don't do it. Don't waste your I think, I think it's it's bad, but mm -hmm. I just like where this is coming from. It's like, wow, we only have like one good milk card in standard, but we have all these crappy copy instants and sorcery <laughs> cards. So let's just uh, smash yeah, them together. Let's just, yeah, let's just play like twelve copies of Tasha's hideous laughter. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so you're playing four copies of Tasha's hideous laughter, Ruin Crab, and then uh, Maddening Concophony, and then you're mm -hmm. you're playing like four copies Dual Strike. And then four copies of Teach by Example, and you're like, right, all right, let's some let's copy some shit. Uh, but you also get expressive iteration, so you know at least you're playing one of the best cards. Yeah, it's it's almost good enough to make this good, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> the card is like one of the better cards in the format. So we'll see what happens with Innistrad, obviously, um, but for right now, don't waste your time, or you know yeah. if you have the cards, play it, but like. You don't need to craft Tasha C's laughter for it. I know I said it was worth a slot. I know. But maybe not yet. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Because if people are self-milling in Innistrad, milling them out will be easier. Exactly. That's very true. You're right. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll get all the big ones, and you can get all the little ones. Anyway, um, let's move on to three-color, uh, because we have a couple decks to talk about, and then I want to make sure that this episode isn't crazy long. Um, yeah. All right, so three-color decks. The first one I want to talk about is the sweetest one. That's right. I think it's the best uh, one. Second sweetest. <laughs> it's second sweetest. <laughs> but this is, I don't know what to call this, but it's like a Jund Treasure Dragon thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a perfect name. I think. Yeah. It's like greedy Jund Dragons, like that. Something like that. I, I want to get that in there. I don't know how to this do it. This is like your Tolkien dragons that, that hoard all the gold. Exactly, from the Hobbit. Yeah, th this is what it's like. Um, so basically, they're running like the, the new innkeeper we have that makes a treasure, Magda and Kalein. Card is just awesome, by the way. Yeah, the innkeeper is bonkers. Why are innkeepers always so good? I really like that they're keeping this up, though. I, I like that yeah. innkeepers, <laughs> at least it costs two mana, but you get a treasure, and then you gain life whenever a creature enters. Like... It, I, I like it, but anyway, so... The, the next innkeeper they printed better be awesome. Like, yeah. They gotta keep this, the trend going. But they do they have to be green? Like, what would a black innkeeper look like? Oh. That'd be kind of fun. Anyway. Yeah. Um, be the opposite. It, like, drains them and 
gets you a, a token that you sack to lose a mana. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's like a, it wouldn't be, because they wouldn't be an innkeeper really, because what's a black inn like? Maybe it's more like a, a like a jailer. And there it's, or that would be a white card though. Anyway. Or it's like a trap, right? Like you mm-hmm. go to stay with them, but it's really like. They murder you. To your doom. Or they like take advantage of your body. Anyway. Um, <laughs> not, let's not do that one. <laughs> it would be the red one that would like steal a creature or something. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, got off track. Um, but that's what the whole episode's about. So uh, anyway, so uh, you have all those and they're all treasure makers. So you make tons of treasure and then basically you're trying to use Magda's ability to cheat out like the best dragon in your deck or whichever one that you want to use at that time. Um, notably like obviously Goldspan Dragon, uh, Star Mount of, what, Inferno of the Star Mount? And yeah, um, that's right. what is it? Old Gnawbone. And mm-hmm. uh, those are the, the, that's what you do. So the reality is you always get Goldspan Dragon. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you have Goldspan Dragon out, it's really fun to get an Old Gnawbone just to get a, just a shit just ton get, of treasures. Like, so much mana. And then you get a, you have so many treasures that your Kalein, you sack all your treasures to play something else, and then that gets fucking huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is awesome. Magda has already proven itself, and mm-hmm. I assume this is already running the, uh, you know, the standard proven combo of the, um, the one drop into Magda. The Jesper Sentinel, yeah. Jesper Sentinel, yeah, mm-hmm. and so. You know, we said earlier that in order to play three colors, you like you can't just do that on your lands, and this is showing that it's it all makes treasure. It has just bare sentinel, like it's that's the cost you have to pay to pay three colors. Is you need to have a theme like this. You can't just do it off your lands for free because the triumphs are gone. Yeah. So um, it's it's definitely a deck. It's pretty sweet too. It's fun to to watch, and you're playing gold span dragons. So. Probably plays a Seeker's Chariot, right? <sighs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Probably is. I'm gonna copy those treasure tokens. But you're getting so many anyway. It doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> oh, it matters. Ugh. <laughs> I now I'm just gonna like shit on a Seeker's Chariot forever because yeah, <laughs> it's one of the best cards in the format. It just has such a cool name. You do you. But I wanted it to be like just funny and cool, not good. But it's not. But yeah. it's never good when I'm playing it. Anyway, whatever. Let's keep going. And now it's like everyone knows it's called the Cadillac. <laughs> so it's yeah. not funny anymore. Anyway, yeah. um, moving on. Yeah, it's just it's just awesome. We get it. Yeah, yeah. You 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 talk about your your favorite uh, three color deck, and then. All right. So the best three color deck, in the format, <laughs> and maybe even the best deck in the whole format, actually. You know, if if you cancel out like the tier one decks and the tier two decks, then we got like the best deck in the format. Here. Yeah. This is it, Marty if you sacrifice. also yeah. <laughs> if you get rid of the, th- the third tier and and most of the fourth tier ones oh no 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 God. this is solidly tier three uh <laughs> all right maybe if you get a, get rid of the tier three decks that are better than this one all right and, and the tier two and the tier one sure, then, sure, we're, sure. then we're talking the best deck in the format uh no but it's mardu's sacrifice i love this deck it's really close to what i was playing in standard for a long time and i think it's deceptively powerful Problem with this deck, the only problem, is that we lost the uh, the enchantment that really made this deck pop in proper standard. But it can still do some powerful things. You're basically just playing a bunch of junkers. So you're playing Eye Twitch, you're playing Shambling Gas, and you're even playing the the one red mana thing that when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to something. Mm-hmm. And then you're using that to play all the busted sacrifice cards. So you've got... Uh, 
you know, it, it's debatable whether you want village rights or whether you want um, the one that makes a treasure uh, uh, the, the or whether dispute? you want Plum the Forbidden. Yeah. So, so you have three options there, and, and the spread's always different. Different people like different things. I, I like village rights. I just think it's the most powerful one, and so um, you should play that. And then I usually subsidize that with some uh, Plum the Forbidden's. That's why I can't remember the name of the other one. Deadly Dispute one kind of is what it's called. Deadly Dispute, yeah. I like that uh, card. And then you play Awaken the... It's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's just like, it's two mana. You know, this deck doesn't have a lot of mana. That's true. And then you play Awaken the Blood Avatar. The top end as your big go-getter. And the reason you're playing white is mostly for Showdown of the Scalds. Like, also to cast the other side, Exodus, but mostly for Showdown of the Scalds as a way to refuel on all of your junky one ones. Mm -hmm. It's a really fun deck. I don't think it's that good right now. Um, the main problem is, I, I said we lost the enchantment, but I forgot we also lost Claim the Firstborn, which is how we used to beat creature decks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, when Mono Green just plays like a, a friggin' huge 5-5 five five or whatever, 4-4 four four on turn 3, they're like, well... I'm going to have to try to go around it or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's hard for me to beat that. It's really... that, And that's my big thing, too. Like, Bastion of Remembrance was so good because mm -hmm. even just playing uh, Awaken the Blood Avatar was enough to, like, drain him a bunch and then shoot him for three and make him sack a creature and all that. And now it's like, yeah. we need... It's just missing the pieces. That, the, the things that I liked about the Sacrifice deck are kind of gone, and now I feel like I'm all in in the spell that gets countered or or something i just it, it totally just keeps not working out for me like we didn't play showdown of the scalds in in regular standard that's just a way to try to up the power level since mm -hmm. we've lost powerful cards yeah um but you know there's hope that with uh with maybe the vampire set mm -hmm. which has a bit of a tends to have a bit of a sacrifice-y kind of it'll probably have it, to it. it'll lead into mardu probably because those are the vampire colors so yeah. that could be a... That could so maybe then. I think for now it's, it's a super fun deck, and if you like that style, you should play it. Uh, but like I, you know, we were joking about, this is probably solidly tier three. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, it does seem fun to have Showdown of the Scalds go off while you have Exodus on the battlefield, so you get to put the counters on a double striker. I kind of like that. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. and, and Exodus is good. Like mm -hmm. Both sides of that card are, are quite powerful in this deck because... Like, you village rights something. So here's, if you don't know this, if you have Exodus out and you village rights something, the way the trigger works, because you're sacking it as a cost, you can get back the thing you sacrificed with the Exodus trigger. Okay, I like that. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's almost free. Like, you sack your eye twitch to the village rights, and that triggers the magecraft on Exodus, which lets you get the eye twitch back. And you get, so you get to draw two cards from village rights and learn... To go get another card. And you get your and you get, back. So you have four more cards in your hand. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and, and all you lost was the eye twitch. Yeah. <laughs> it, it went from your... It bounces. Great, yeah, it bounces basically. back to your hand. So you like drew three cards to and bounced a creature back to your hand. That's pretty sweet. I like that. That seems awesome. Yeah. I uh, Unfortunately, again, Serrated Scorpion's also gone. Because I used to kill people with out of the blue with Serrated Scorpion that way. Mm -hmm. It's like, sack it. Exodus brings back the Serrated Scorpion, sack it again, bring back the Serrated Scorpion. I have Bastion of Remembrance out. You're like really, really dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So hopefully, I mean, like, we'll see if we get any more drain pieces or drain creatures, but, uh, um, mm -hmm. you know, for the, for the time being, um, we need some cheaper ones, not the, the three mana one we got from AFR, so. Uh, not, not that one. Not yeah. that one. <laughs> um, but actually, that did remind me of one extra thing from the, uh, the Jund treasure deck, is that mm -hmm. it turns out that the uh, Skullport Merchant... The two and a black for the uh, one four dwarf citizen is a dwarf. Oh, Magda combo. So Magda gives a plus one plus zero. I just wanted you to know that. It's not really important, but. It's actually awesome. It's pretty well, fun. It, it's more than that. When If it attacks, Magda will generate a treasure off it. Exactly. And you can also pay one and a black to sack that treasure to draw a card. Yeah. And that's a huge engine. So That card's actually a big part of the Orzhov mid range deck we talked about earlier, yeah. too. We usually play that card. So. That card's just. Great. Having a one for it that just it blocks like all the aggro decks really well. Except for mm -hmm. except for green. Green will can get through, but all the other ones have a hard time with a one four. Yeah, it's like in, out of green it like blocks the three three, but that three three no. draws a card when it attacks. And the three three can also pump great. itself as well. So it could kill it. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> um but anyway, uh there was one more deck I want to talk about. Uh, before we go to uh, last call, but this is finally I was playing a party deck. I know we've talked about how party. Yeah, exactly. It's a party. I love it. <laughs> so we've talked about how party is not really a thing, um, but you can play a Bant party deck right now, which is super fun. Just not. It's really, really strong if your opponent doesn't do anything. That's what I'll say. Hey, sound pretty good? That's all I need to play yeah. a deck. Uh, I'll usually take medium if your opponent doesn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. So Goldfish is in 10 turns. Kind of <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so the reason I like this deck is that it, uh, it can do a couple weird little tricky things. And we've talked about this in the past when we were saying things about Bant Control. Or sorry, not Bant Control, Bant Party. But um, you're playing, obviously, all the good party creatures. So it's like Arch Priest of Iona and you're playing uh, Linvala, Shield of Seagate, and then Tajuru Paragon, which like helps your party, obviously, and then the Squad Commander and Tazri. So obviously you have like mm -hmm. the Bant party pieces, um, but you also get to play uh, Luminarch Aspirant, which is like a just a bomb white creature. And the piece I really like about this deck that I've been playing different versions of, but this one is, it has Masked Vandal, which is a changeling, so it helps with a lot of different things mm -hmm. and can blow up different artifacts and enchantments that are problems that you may come across. But also the Bearers of Lidjara. So when Ooh, you... Yeah. That's a card I kicked my ass in Limited all the time, but I don't think I've seen it casting construct. So that's pretty fun. So if you like turn two Masked Vandal, which is a changeling, and then turn three Bears of Lidjara, you make a 2-2 two -two, uh, shapeshifter changeling thing. And then when its second chapter goes off, both of those become four fours. And so all of a sudden on turn four, you have two four fours that are attacking them, and then it can blow up some stuff. But the reason that I think those cards are so fun in this deck, having these changelings, not only is it it makes your party easier because they can the obvious do all the, that stuff. Just as a quick interjection, do you remember that time that we all thought when party came out that if you had a changeling, it would satisfy all properties immediately yes yeah i remember that and then we we're like oh no it doesn't work that's not how it works okay. but it is a nice yeah. little piece that you're like well this will be whatever i don't have so it's helpful yeah. but you know what it also is not only is a changeling any party member it's also a dragon 
And you know what it's really helpful for is when you play Temple of the Dragon Queen. <laughs> okay. So it is... Can I talk about that, that difficult... That's really stretching to make a three-color deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, but the thing... The reason why I like this deck and the reason why it's playing this Temple of the Dragon Queen is that um, obviously it like comes into play tapped uh, unless you have a dragon in uh, your hand or on the battlefield. And uh, you can choose a color and it taps for whatever those colors are. But it plays all... It's the worst fabled passage of all. It, it's, it's not great. Um, but uh, I like that in this deck it can come in untapped, which is hilarious. And uh, the deck is playing all the colors because Tazri has an activated ability mm -hmm. that you pay blue, black, red, green for. Or you can pay two generic for any of those. But having a Temple of the Dragon Queen can make it really easy to make sure you have all your bases covered to get your value engine at the end of the game to keep drawing stuff after you. I don't know about easy because you have to choose when it enters the battlefield. That's what I mean. It's like a bad Fabled Passage because fabled, the problem with Fabled Passage, you have to choose one of the colors. Mm -hmm. This has the same issue. I And just a quick aside on this card, I really feel like they could have had it be where if you reveal a dragon from your hand, you get to put a counter on it. And if it has that counter, it taps for one mana of any color. It, you know, like it could have. It, it, they could have done it that way. That would have been so. Like this card, <laughs> it reminds me of Base Camp. It's like, why do you hate Party? Base Camp was so bad. <laughs> why is this land so bad? It forces me to jump through some pretty serious hoops to incorporate it, and even if I do, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Dungeoneering card, the the Dungeoneering <laughs> land that like... Yeah, but they were worried about something. And they're always worried about something. R&D, and they nerfed the shit out of some of these they're, cards. I don't know what happened to them, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, the deck... Mark Rosewater just real he lost to like party on the first day, and he was like, no, fuck this mechanic. But Mark doesn't even play those cards. He doesn't <laughs> do that. That's not even part of his job. <laughs> He just is world I know, building. it's just funny to say it's always Mark's yeah. fault. It's probably Gavin. Just kidding, Gavin only does commander stuff. I don't know who does this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I was having some fun with that deck and seeing Party actually go off. However, the problem, of course, is that uh, you, you, can't, you can't kill anything. There aren't a lot of good yeah. Party kill stuff in band colors. It's hard to do the Party thing and also put in you know, removal. Yeah. I mean, you do, like, eventually you get to play, like, two mana, draw uh, three cards, gain some life. Wait, what is it? Mm -hmm. Draw two cards? What is that card? Yeah, it's like... Um, I can't remember what it's... Oh, I can picture the art, but that limited format was too long ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what it's called, but... It's like the mini Sphinx's Rev kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and that's awesome, you know. So, it's... It's been a lot of fun, but that was also one of those decks I was playing where I was getting fucking smashed with the... the it's not just Gather the Party, right? It's not that. No, it's it's not that. It's like party... Anyways. It's part, parties, uh, party time. Parties having a good time. They're drink, Parties drinking tonight. That's what it's called. I think that's it. You got <laughs> the party, it. <laughs> the party's drinking tonight. Perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, the only <laughs> thing I wanted to mention about this deck that, you know... Uh, I didn't hear you mention was uh, Jespera Sentinel. Yep, that's in the deck. You want to play a three-color deck, you need something like that, and it's also a rogue, so Boom, there you this go. deck incorporates it well already. There's also, like, the one-mana blue counterspell that makes... Uh, it's like a four-spike, but it makes uh, right. the spell cost more for your party, so... Boom, there mm -hmm. it is. 
Anyway, uh, I think we did a pretty good job covering as many decks as we possibly could and remembering every single card name of every card we've ever talked about. Yeah, I don't think we even forgot a single card Absolutely name. Absolutely not. Impressive. No, we remembered them all, yeah. of course. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, hey, listen. I mean, it's hard to remember card names when that card wasn't from Throne of Eldraine. Yeah. Because you just never see it. Yeah, like, what was that, um, what was that giant? What was it called? It's like, it deals, what, it, what is it? It did one in a red to deal two to something and then you prevent damage. And then it's a four, three that comes into play afterwards. What is that? It's some giant. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it was like Soul, soul Smasher soul Giant? Smashing. It, like, yeah. it, it uh, grinds something to make it spread. oh yeah grind some yeah what is it i don't remember that, that was it yeah something about S- spread spread grinder sp- yeah bread grinder <laughs> bread grinder giant yeah. yeah that's what it is that's right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um <laughs> anyway it's so it's so hard to remember names sometimes but uh such low profile cards you know? exactly no one no one <laughs> plays them so how would you ever remember uh anyway so we just wanted to talk about this format and hopefully you're playing it or or looking into it and you know, it's just been it's been a nice thing to have to to get through this. Summer. If you like standard in general, but you're just tired of losing to losing to bread uh, spreader giants or whatever <laughs> we called, uh, you should play standard twenty twenty two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Standard twenty twenty two bread spreader giant is gone. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. We joke about that, but I legit takes me a few seconds to remember the name of Emergent Ultimatum, because I always call it Sultai Ultimatum. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the actual name of the card sometimes is... I know it's an ultimatum, and I know the colors, and I know exactly what it does. Yeah. But, uh, it's it, And you have to know the cost really well, because you're like, do they have a third green source? Yeah. They do not. <laughs> well, it's also like, is it a third green or a third blue? I can't remember. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, no. It's, I don't I don't know. Um, then you have to like figure out how those work again. Okay, yeah, it's the green, and then it's it's two and then pairs this way. The, is the main, but it, but it's yeah. not because blue isn't is an enemy anyway. So it's two anyway. <laughs> it's two enemy, one ally, or whatever. No, no, they're they're all enemy because green isn't allied with either of those colors. So it's blue, two blue, two black but that blue, are. It, but blue and black are allied. They're allied, right? and then the enemy colors. So what I mean three. is like two enemies uh, of the three. Of the pair, three pairs, mm-hmm. two of them are enemy and two, one of them is an ally. Okay. I guess I was thinking more like the two allies have one enemy that has three. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's how you figure out what the central color is, yeah. the one that has t- the two enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is green. Um, yeah. So uh, So this is what we're all doing when we're making our Sultai Ultimatum players rope. We're like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Okay, it, greens, it, enemies are it, blue and black. Blue and black, so and then... Is it, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Ah, oh, fuck. They have plenty of mana to cast this card. <laughs> I don't I guess know. I concede. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, that's how we think about stuff, and that's the things we do. Uh, are, well said. Do you have any last words before uh, last call? Uh, no, I think we covered everything I wanted to say about the format. Sick. Um, Ex- oh, one thing, though. Uh, don't play duress, because you're not allowed to. Oh, yeah. You're not allowed to play duress, so don't put it in your deck or your sideboard. Because you can't sideboard. Easy mistake anyway. to make could happen to even seasoned professional. Uh, well, you can't be a professional anymore, so seasoned player. There it is. Seasoned amateur. Seasoned behind a computer guy. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, seasoned drunkard. <laughs> there you go. Seasoned drinker. That that's that's a real thing. 
We're that. <laughs> anyway, now that we're seasoned drinkers, let's go get our last beers of the night. <laughs> Jeff, you ready for the big reveal? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So we picked our own beers, but... Um, yeah. As per usual. Yeah. I was thinking that you were going to um, pick your, uh, your beer, the Jutsu. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went into this thinking I was going to pick Jutsu, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Zane's avocado bag, avocado bag, um, just got lost and I don't know. They made a good beer because of it. Yeah. I feel like it's gotta be an inside joke or something, right? Like it they have a buddy Zane and, and he has bags of avocados that he lost or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even imagining that there were avocados in the bag that he lost. I was just imagining that he went to buy avocados and was like, where's my avocado bag? Hey, oh. my avocado. <laughs> that, that could be it too. That's what I thought. I thought it was a specific bag that was either had avocados on it or was for buying avocados that got lost. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, it's only like an hour and 40 minutes in. If you... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they skipped right to that point. Exactly. I'm pretty sure. So if you haven't listened to us before, we rate beers on a scale of bronze to mythic, just like the tears in arena. Ha ha. Isn't that fun? It's funny how that worked out. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice. Um, yeah. As always, this has nothing to do with your personal rank. It's just a fun way to rank beers, so don't take anything personally. Everyone's been in different ranks at different times in their life. So, hey, cheers to that. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like you didn't have an ending to that sentence. I never do. I don't, I just start, yeah. things start coming out of my mouth and then I figure it out on the way and then, and then I do it. Anyway, yeah. uh, there's a lot of Sometimes mumbling this episode. Uh, this beer is 7.6%, so I started with it and it's getting me a little, yeah. little good. So, uh, beers that are bronze, they are garbage. They're trash. You throw them in the trash because that's where they belong because they're the worst. Yeah. One of the few beers you might not actually finish. Uh, yeah. Silver. These are like your standard macro brews, you know. Uh, not that they're bad, but there's nothing interesting going on. You know, nothing to write home about. Gold is, they're fine. You won't probably drink them that often, but like, you didn't hate it. It was, it was good. Yeah. Platinum is, they're solid. You would drink this again. Diamond is, this is very exceptional, and you're going to recommend this to people. And Mythic, best of the best, you would recommend this not just to people you know, but to anyone who will listen. Mm-hmm. hmm And even maybe some people who won't. Yeah. You'll force them to listen to your beer review. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Well, that hits home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, so these beers. Let's start with uh, Zane and his avocado bag. That has been lost. Yeah, uh, it's a brute IPA. I definitely get that. I, I I feel what they're talking about with the bud bubbly and the champagne feel. Um, yeah, when they said the champagne like thing, it's mm-hmm. funny when you said that because I've actually tried the beer before and I remember I didn't read the back of the can, but I got mm-hmm. that immediately. I was like, this has like a champagne kind of yeah, it, uh, like carbonation to it. Exactly. So when it says it's a brute IPA, I think brute is important because it's the first word. Because as far as an IPA goes, it doesn't have a lot of those standard IPA characteristics. Um, It's not super hoppy, uh, but it does have like, there's a bit of bitterness in it. And it just feels like kind of light and bubbly and 
I don't know if it's... If you've been listening recently, it's been pretty hot in Toronto. And every beer I pick is because <laughs> yeah. it's really hot and it makes me feel refreshed. And this is no exception. Yeah, absolutely, this yeah. is like... Sick. You are high in alcohol. You're light and refreshing, and uh, you're not going to put me to sleep. I just my mouth doesn't work anymore. Um, so I really <laughs> liked this, uh, and I've also tried this before, and I just did not remember it very much. But this time, mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, you're uh, you're you're nice. Like, I'm really happy with. Yeah, this. I, I also really like it. By the way, so mm-hmm. um, that like that light refresh refreshing champagne quality yeah uh they really deliver on that and that's kind of the thing they're promising um i didn't really get any notes of avocado at all yeah uh, but other than that i was missing bag as well i was hoping yeah, there would no. be some bag I, I got a tones. bit of bag like you could tell oh, bag you? is there but uh i feel like i know, did pull subtle. like a thread out of my teeth at one point but like yeah. besides that <laughs> requires uh, a refined palate I ex- think, yeah, to yeah. the bag yeah um Anyway, uh, I think the name is funny. Obviously, that's why I picked it up. And um, mm-hmm. it does, like, obviously, it doesn't have avocados in it, but I can see the buttery silkiness of an avocado that, like, that feel uh, is also possibly a champagne feel. Does it, do I feel like I'm eating avocados right now? I'm definitely not. No. You're, but, uh, you're tricking yourself. I am <laughs> tricking my shelf. My shelf. I'm foolishly. Yeah. I don't know why you have to trick your shelf. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> hey. <laughs> How do you trick a shelf to, like, what, not be a shelf? Do something else? What? <laughs> what is a shelf? How do you trick a shelf? <laughs> like, it doesn't want to stay level, so you, uh, I don't know. You trick, trick it to think that it's uh, not level, so it becomes level? I don't know. Yeah, so you, uh, you, you unlevel the floor to match. To match the, the shelf. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't even know where to put this. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I would probably tell people to drink this. So that's pushing me to diamond. I just don't know. Eh, maybe. What do you think? Tell, tell me what you think so I can cheat off of you. Yeah. I had this at the like platinum diamond border. And mm-hmm. I think I want to go diamond with it just because I like, I, I liked it. And they yeah. delivered on what they were promising. You know? I definitely think so too. I remember drinking this the first time and being like, oh, okay, it's fine. But like, mm-hmm. the, hey, listeners at home. If you drink beer and don't think about it very much when you're drinking it, you will mostly think it's pretty fine. And everything feels right. fairly gold, unless a mythic hits you in the face. But the more right. you sit down and drink beers next to each other, it helps a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, so just buy a lot of different beers and just, you know, drink them all. Yeah, drink multiple different types each night and tell your partners that it's, for, for, uh, it's classy. Was that South Park episode? Yeah. Or they get mad at Randy because he's drinking a glass of wine in the middle of the day. He's like, first of all, it's called a flight, and I'm drinking six glasses of wine, and it's classy. Yeah. That's Idiot. how I, that's how I feel about this. So, yeah, uh, it's also for science. It's for know, science to develop your palate. So. Yeah, just like you have to play a bunch of different decks to develop your your skills and your knowledge of what mm-hmm. they're like. Because maybe you're gonna play a deck you didn't think you liked, and then you do, and you're like, oh shit, do I like this now? Anyway, uh, I agree. Diamond for avocado bag. Zane, Zane's nice. lost avocado bag. Zane lost his avocado yeah. bag. Yeah, that's it. Um, I agree. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Hey. And for Jitsu, I think, um, you know, there's not a whole lot to say. I think we've both tried it mm-hmm. probably several times before tonight. 
and it's it's kind of stock around Toronto, but it's just a rock solid pale ale. Absolutely. I actually almost picked avocado, and I had mm-hmm. the like, I had this back and forth because I think I, I'm now at a point where I underrate Jitsu slightly because I've had it so many times. This becomes slightly pedestrian to me, and now I can't. It's hard for me to justify the price. It's like, why is this? More. Almost twice as expensive as every other beer. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to think back, like, when I first tried it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. So uh, I kind of defaulted to picking it. It's just like a really rock-solid pale ale. Uh, if you like that style, you're going to be impressed with this. It's kind of west uh, East Coast a little bit. It's, it's opaque and has a bit of that mm. fruity flavor going on. Um, but uh, I think it was close, and, and personally, I would put this also at Diamond. Yeah. Uh, and if it was priced more appropriately, it would have been... Or not appropriately, but, like, if it was just the lower price, <laughs> Yeah. I would exactly. higher. Yeah, it, it's harder when you're around these beers all the time, and, um, you know, you're, you're thinking about, oh, well, I'm buying beer constantly, and if this is more expensive than another one that I'll enjoy just about as much then I don't always go for it. But when people visit, this is the one I'm recommending a lot of the time, specifically this brewery right. too. I'm like, well, you have to have yeah. something from Bellwoods because that is quintessentially a Toronto brewery. You have mm-hmm. to try their stuff, and Jutsu is one of the ones on the list. Um, we've done a couple of their other beers. We did Roman Candle and Jelly King, and they're all mm-hmm. wonderful. So, uh, And I agree with you. Jelly King in particular is fantastic. Yeah, that's the one that I'm always like, I used to tell people at the restaurant I worked at, you had to go to get Jelly King, but, yeah. but Juju's also awesome, and I, I had some people visit recently, and um, this is one of their favorite beers that they found by themselves. I didn't even recommend this one, but I told them, yeah, that one's right. really good, and then they, they got it over and over again, so mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it's a diamond candidate because I'm, I will tell people about this beer, and it's, it's really good from a great brewery, uh, very solid and, and recommendable, so mm-hmm. yeah. Good beers this week. I'm happy. I, I like that. Yeah. We did good. We did good, kid. We did good. I think it's uh, it's time to close close up the bar. It's, uh, yeah. It is closing time. Closing time. One <laughs> last call for alcohol. <laughs> I didn't even do it that time. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you to say closing time. <laughs> oh. I tried to say it as monotonously as possible. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway... Um, if you would like to reach us on the interwebs, you can find us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you can also find us on MTG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. We'll be looking to use our free drafts. We hope to see you there. Absolutely. And if you would like to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at blues brews mtg on twitter it's spelled exactly like it sounds boom also please leave us a review on apple Podcasts and itunes follow us on all the places that you are listening to us right now we would really appreciate it and we love to hear back from our fans if we have any (laughs) (laughs) this has been the arena regulars reminding you that if you want to smash your next afr draft you better draft mono blue dice rolling Good night. All right, that's fine.